Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. You're watching Business Nightly. reviewing 10 local banks that supposedly received money from Australia's Westpac. The Australian lender is accused of violating anti-money laundering laws. At the center of the central bank's inquiry, the Bank of Philippine Islands, which is the remittance partner of Westpac. Deputy Director Chuchi Fonasher says it is too early to know the ramifications of the issue on affected banks. She adds the central bank is open to the possibility of cooperating with Australian monetary officials on the matter, but stressed that this will depend on the result of their probe. For its part, BPI says it immediately suspended its use of Westpac's LightPay platform once it learned of the money laundering investigations against it. It also reiterated Westpac made representations and warranties that they were in compliance with all applicable regulations when BPI first entered into a remittance tie-up arrangement with it in 2016. Well, with us now for more Live Online is Cesar Bonconsing, the Director, President and CEO of BPI. He is also President of the Bankers Association of the Philippines. Good to have you back on, Bong. Welcome to the program. Good evening, Kathy. So the Philippine Central Bank says it was reviewing transactions of 10 banks coursed through the bank you manage, BPI. Can you confirm first if there is an ongoing review? Well, the Central Bank, we were the ones that, that informed the Central Bank that we were shutting down our use of the light pay system. Uh, we, uh, in, in, late, in late November, uh, we heard that the Austrac, the Australian Anti-Money Laundering Authority, uh, was investigating Westpac, and they were focusing, among other things, on Westpac's light pay system. Now, the light pay system is a remittance system that allows for uh, small amounts to be remitted quickly and easily. And you're talking here of 50 Australian dollars, 100 Australian dollars, 200 Australian dollars, amounts of that size. Uh, we... Uh, we entered into agreement with Westpac to use this light-based system back in 2016. And when we entered into that agreement, Westpac uh, undertook to do all the due diligence on their side, which is very customary. Since they are the sending bank, they are responsible for ensuring that the funds that they send are clean. Uh, so we became their correspondent bank here for the purposes of using the light basis. So just to clarify, Bong, we, there is no formal investigation but a review. Not that I know of. Not that now I know of. But I do know that the BSP uh, is properly reviewing the transactions. What we've done is we've shown the BSP, look, over the course of, uh, of uh, the time that... Uh, uh, Westpac has been sending money to the Philippines using the light pay system. Uh, there have been a total of about 62,000 transactions. Okay? Now, about a third of these transactions are credited to BPI accounts. Uh, Two-thirds are credited to accounts with other banks. As a matter of fact, BPI is not the largest bank here in terms of accounts. Uh, and the, uh, the suspect accounts are probably... My guess would probably only be about a dozen accounts of these thousands of accounts. So 
we're, we're showing the BSP the data, and we're trying to, uh, and I'm sure they're trying to assess how best to uh, reduce the likelihood of this thing happening again, because we're just, the we're just on the receiving end of this one. Sure. Bong, about that data, Deputy Governor Chuchi Fonashera says the review covers transactions of 10 banks, of course, through BPI. So to your knowledge, which 10 banks are these, and are they fellow members of the Bankers Association of the Philippines? Well, the, you know, these are all, these are all the, the major banks. These are, I'm guessing right now these are the major banks in the country, right? Because, you know, they, they all have accounts uh, where, where funds are being sent from Australia. Uh, so what, what happens is BPI gets these funds. If the accounts, if the, uh, the funds are to be credited into accounts with us, we do that. If the funds are to be credited into accounts with other banks, we send these funds to the other banks. Um, and uh, that's what happened. So what we're looking at is that the BSP is looking at the data of, uh, of, of, of the funds that were transferred to all of these banks. Uh, that's what this is. But, but the, the, the good thing about this is it, Westpac has acknowledged, to my knowledge, Westpac has acknowledged that it is their issue. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Westpac CEO resigned uh, when this thing came out. Uh, Austrac, the uh, Australian Anti-Money Laundering Agency, is dealing with Westpac. Uh, so far, we have not gotten any information from the Australian authorities uh, as to who these accounts might be, you know, are there any patterns that we should be looking for. So we're doing our own investigation. So what have you done now as a workaround to the disruption resulting from the suspension of BPI's partnership with Westpac's LightPay platform? I'm sorry, Kathy, can you repeat that? Yes, what are you now doing as a workaround to the disruption resulting from the suspension of your bank's partnership with Westpac's LightPay platform? Well, remittances between Australia and the Philippines can still happen, but they will no longer happen through the LightPay platform. The light, pay, the light pay platform was designed to make things easy as long as the amounts were very small. Uh, but, you know, what's going to happen now is, is people are just going to remit through the usual normal channels, which might be a little more cumbersome, which might be a little more tedious, uh, which will require probably much more due diligence, uh, which is a good thing here, because if, if nobody wants to be the recipient of bad money, Kathy. Are there any indications this that could turn to be a formal investigation? I don't know. That's 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 the BS, BSC's call. But what 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 what's critical, I think, and the BSC understands this, is that the Philippine banks here were just the recipient banks. Okay, we we're just the recipient banks. The money was being sent by uh, from Australia. It was being sent uh, via the West Bank system. West Bank had the responsibility of, of making sure that the money was clean. Uh, the light pay contract that we have with West Bank makes it clear that the onus is on them. We're just the recipient bank here. And in the interim, what does the Bankers Association of the Philippines plan to do to help the Banco Central with its own review? Well, the Bankers Association of the Philippines is... is, is basically just waiting and seeing um, you know what the BSP decides to do and more importantly whether we will get any information from Westpac or the Australian authorities that will allow us to trace bad money.
okay? Because as far as I can tell, we have not gotten any uh, specific information from the Australian authorities or from Westpac that will allow us to identify or trace uh, any of this illicit funds. Uh, so in, 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 in some ways, we're flying blind here. All right. Well, thank you so much for keeping us up to speed on what you know. Appreciate you taking this call in a busy evening. Bong Kun Singh of BPI and Bankers Association of the Philippines. Well, local banking stocks suffered a beating amid the Westpac money laundering scandal. But as Michelle Long tells us, Philippine shares still managed to recover at the close, with Manila Water stocks bouncing back from record lows. Another day, another tumble, and another last-minute recovery with the PSEI finishing flat. The rest of Asia mixed as the euphoria over the partial U.S.-China trade deal began to wear off and amid renewed concerns over a no-deal Brexit. I think a lot of the position players have already positioned long ago. It's going to be just a lot of um, buying and selling at current levels. For the day, the PSE index finished at 77.33, up just three points. It really just indicates indecision on the part of the investing public. December normally is an up market. At the most, uh, if you look at the 10-year uh, figure, uh, usually December is up by about 1.4%. So at the most, I'm looking at 7,850 for the market. Banking stocks took a hit as the Philippine Central Bank checks transactions of local banks for transfers from an Australian lender that is now under investigation for money laundering. Meanwhile, Manila Water finally bouncing, snapping an 11-day losing streak. MWC shares up 14%, while Metro Pacific and DMCI, which are behind Mainilad, also extended their bounce. Although the market's trendless right now, with the, with the water stocks like um, Manila Water, um, um, sorry, MPI and DMC, it's going to be very volatile. So it's inherent that there will be a lot of risk involved going into these stocks. So it can go up, it can go down any day. Um, it's very news-driven right now. In corporate stories, the grandson of Lu Xutan is taking over the post left by his late father, Bong Tan. Lu Xutan III, or Hun Hun to the family and friends, is now director of LT Group, Macro Asia, Tanduay Distillers, and PAL Holdings. He was also appointed president and chief operating officer of Tanduay Distillers. The young Tan earned his degree in electrical engineering from Stanford University in 2015 and master's degree in computer science from Stanford in 2017. Still with the Lushutan Group, MacroAsia shares jumped following news it won the bidding for Cavite's Sangli Airport project. The bid from the consortium, consisting of MacroAsia and China's communications construction, made a $10 billion offer to build the facility. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Adiba stock futures point to a higher open as a run of recent data helped calm fears of a recession, while the phase one deal between the U.S. and China on trade appears to have eased some of the uncertainty on the global outlook. Investors, however, still await more details about the preliminary agreement. A look into the markets two and a half hours before trading, all of them slightly higher by about a tenth of a percent each. Over in Europe, stocks are mixed as investors turn cautious and revive no-deal Brexit fears. Now back here at home, the Philippines Central Bank maintains its inflation target range at 2 to 4 percent for next year and through 2022. This even as the regulator admits the balance of risks to the inflation outlook continue to lean slightly toward the downside in 2021, then toward the upside in 
2022. But while price volatilities cannot be ruled out, it sees inflationary impulses from international commodity prices to remain modest and demand-induced price pressures to be manageable over the target horizon. Moving forward, the central bank vows to continue monitoring inflation trends to ensure its monetary policy stance remains appropriate. Philippine Socioeconomic Planning Secretary Ernesto Pernia keeps a bullish outlook for the country's growth. Pernia sees fourth-quarter growth settling between 6.6% and 6.7%, making the Philippines hit the full-year growth target range of 6 to 6.5%. He believes consumer spending, investor spending, as well as tourist receipts driven by the recently concluded Southeast Asian Games will boost the country's growth. Pernia notes the Philippines remains vigilant against risks in 2020, including weak global growth and stagnating world trade, disruptive technologies, and the volatility of oil prices. Consumption spending really got boosted by bonuses, by, you know, uh, OFW remittances also increased 7.7% in, in October. And that would also have contributed to increased consumption spending, which is uh, which uh, accounts for about uh, two thirds of uh, GDP. So that can be a big boost for the fourth quarter, as well as uh, we had our catch-up plan on uh, on um, this, uh, spending on infrastructure projects, and I, that had some, you know. Also, uh, I think that also made some uh, impact on uh, uh, increasing economic growth for the fourth quarter. So 6.5, 6 6.6 uh, to 6.5% would be quite achievable. Philippine Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez, meanwhile, projects flat growth for merchandise trade exports in 2020. His conservative stance comes as the U.S.-China trade war continues to roil global supply chains. Still, Lopez says the Philippines is more insulated from that conflict compared to export-oriented countries like Japan, Singapore, and South Korea. If you look at uh, countries around us, they've been experiencing a slowdown or contraction especially when it comes to exports. Uh, they are severely affected by the U.S.-China trade wars. It's only Vietnam and Philippines experiencing still positive growth uh, in exports. And uh, at least uh, our year-to-date, uh, or at least year-to-date uh, September, our exports uh, for merchandise goods, we're still posting uh, about 0.7 percent, almost 1 percent. We're fortunate that uh, because our economy is less dependent on exports, uh, exports only account about 15 percent of our economy. Catch my full interview with Secretary Ramon Lopez on Business Nightly's year-end episode, December 31st, 8 p.m., only here on ANC. And that's Business Nightly. You can listen to our podcast by searching hashtag ANC Podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher.